the backyard. And this was a selling point. This was a sticky point for almost every house that we looked at. I would start looking at the backyard first when I was looking at the pictures because it's just a, it's a deal breaker for me. If I look out and there's no view, I just don't really I'm just not excited about it. Not Got excited it. about moving in. I'm just a very I want to sit outdoors sipping my coffee. Same with this place and like look out She's always been this way, by the way. It's very funny. I'm a simple person, okay? You are not a simple person. With simple needs. Yeah, that is a very simple (laughs) need. Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. Hello, everybody. Iceman. And today, we are going to talk to you about some shit that they do not tell you about selling a house. And and maybe a refresher on buying a house. Because we just recently sold and bought a house at the same time. This is very fun. I recommend it to everybody. I recommend it to no one. First of all, first thing they shouldn't they should tell you about selling a house is don't do it. True. Just don't just, just don't. stay there forever. Honestly, to be honest, I mean to be if to be quite honest, if that's okay with everybody, sure. is that okay with you? Is it okay if I'm honest? Yeah, sure. If I would tell the truth, if I tell some facts. Um, if we were staying in LA, I would not have sold the house my original plan when purchasing to get into real estate was to i think it's called the burr method but anyway it's where you buy a house you wait you live in it a few years you remodel it you do renovations you make it look nice you upgrade the value on it then you refinance it get a lower interest rate you cash out refinance or i think you get a heloc and do this too but um you take basically the equity that's built over those amount of years and then you invest it in a new property you go live in that property and you do the same and you rent your old property out and then you keep doing that until you have a portfolio of properties that you that you own that was the plan. okay that was the plan and that would have worked we had actually have I'm going to get into this later, but um, the equity to do that. However, we wanted to move to Vegas. We've been wanting to move to Vegas for years now. But there's a long list of reasons why we're moving to Vegas. And I think that could take a whole different episode or maybe I'll do a vlog about it. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But one reason, one of the reasons we did not move to Vegas, not on the list of why we moved, was because Bart and Geo did it. It's Good like, lord. Oh my I god. started it, bitches. <laughs> we have been trying to convince JK to move for the past three years. Or like right after we bought our condo here. It just wasn't the right timing because we had just bought our condo. But we were trying to convince everybody to move, and it was before Bart years and Geo got their Glendora place. Bart and Geo just pulled actually, the trigger when they first, were when they were getting the Glendora place, just before <laughs> they were getting their Glendora place when they were looking. Yeah. I was like, fuck this, hey, let's go to Vegas. Of, yeah, exactly. Instead of going to Glendora, which is might as well be Vegas, it's so far outside of like where everyone lives in LA like let's just all move to Vegas we could get like a whole cul-de-sac but anyway oh and um, then and then oh recently I actually brought this up to Bart yeah uh, during a JK thing and he was like oh yeah I remember like you were saying this during yeah. JK party like when we were backstage like you would in the green room you were constantly pushing Vegas so. there's even I think a couple off the records not to plug JK news too hard but there's a few off the records I think where we're even we pull up Redfin and we're talking about either Damn moving right. to Vegas or Woodlands, Texas. But besides that, Boom, uh, the go. reason that we wanted to move originally was to save on capital gains tax. That's the, yes. the original OG reason. And then our friends Chad and V moved and they were convincing us because they were like, we wanted, they were like the guinea pigs and they were like, we're just going to test it out. And they were just renting out there and they fell in love with it. And so they bought two houses out there. Yep. So uh, we're finally doing it and we're so excited. I'm, I did a couple of vlogs on our new house in Vegas. If you want to check it out, youtube.com slash Nikki, N-I-K-K-I. You can um, go look at there's an empty house tour there. Um, but uh, when, you know, when we decided to pull the trigger, I was like, oh, shit, I've never we've never sold a house before. So there's uh there's gonna be a little bit of uh, learning to do. It went and really fast too. Yeah, honestly, I feel like this is kind of a kind of a cheat episode because while I want to tell you all this shit they don't tell you about selling a house, I feel like we can only speak from our experiences of selling our only house we've ever sold. And I think we lucked out, like big time yeah, yeah, yeah. lucked out. So I'll tell you kind of the process that we went through. And there's a bunch of different ways you could sell your house. You could, you know, list it yourself. You can, um, you can, uh, I don't know, give it, sell it to a friend. You could sell it, be selling it to people with an FHA loan. You could be selling it to, there's a whole different litany of, of ways that it, your story could go down. But this is just like what happened for us and the things that I personally 
We also Learned considered selling our place to our friend Gina, but we knew that she would oh, not yeah. get her shit together in time for us to <laughs> yeah, leave. Yeah, Gina, we love you. I wish you could have had our house. But uh, she was like semi-serious about purchasing it too, but she was not quite pre-approved yet, which I'll also get into. Yeah, we okay. wanted to leave this year, Gina. Thank you. Y- yes, uh, this decade. Yes, thank please, you. If possible. It's the first year of the decade. But um, uh, So... If you're purchasing a new home while you are selling your old home, like we were, get pre-approved first. That's number one. Just get that process started so that when your home is listed, you can start making offers on houses you like right away. Because here's the thing. Like we said in our original episode of buying a house, if you start going to open houses and you're not pre-approved first, you will find your dream house and you will not (laughs) be able to make an offer on it. Yes. Many times, or or that will happen many, many times. You will fall in love and you will break your own heart. So far, both cycles, right? So we we shop for houses now twice or two, what do you call it, stretches or whatever. Both Um, times we were shopping for houses. Both times we ran into a place that we We think is our favorite. Yeah. And then we never got a shot at it again. Yeah, because we, yeah, this, especially in a seller's market like it is right now and it has been for the past year, couple years, um, those houses, the houses are going so fast. You have to have to be pre-approved first maybe in a buyer's market you can get away with it but right now no way and i don't even see it slowing down in the next couple years how do you feel about the place we just bought in vegas versus the one that we were looking at like months prior honestly i thought about this a lot yes i'm way more in love with our place that we got why because of the way that the light comes in and everything is exactly how i had been visualizing it the one that we fell in love with before the backyard, and this was a selling point. This was a sticky point for almost every house that we looked at. I would start looking at the backyard first when I was looking at the pictures because it's just a, it's a deal breaker for me. If I look out and there's no view, I just don't really, I'm just not excited about it. Not Got excited it. about moving in. I'm just a very, I want to sit outdoors, sipping my coffee, same with this place, and like look out She's always been this way, by the way. It's very funny. I wanted a balcony originally, but I remember our old apartment too. You used to say like, "I just can't go outside and sip my coffee." Yeah, that's all you wanted. You want to write in my journal. Yeah, right. And then every time we went to a hotel, what did I do? I'd go on the balcony. You do it, and I'd write in my journal. Yeah, and I sip my coffee. And that's literally, I'm a simple person. Okay, you are not a simple person. Simple needs. Yeah, that is a very simple (laughs) need. Yes. Um. So our current one has a lot of trees and foliage and stuff to look out to whereas the one the original one i was willing to compromise it was just a blank wall like the pool there was a pool and then there was just a wall and i was like okay well maybe you could put trees you could put like potted trees against the wall but it didn't have like you weren't looking over an expansion our current place if you look at our bedroom window it's just like trees and trees and rooftops and trees and trees and mountains and it's beautiful yeah so that I think is way more worth it. Because I think I like our place way better. It's not even close. And our yeah. neighborhood is like a dunk. The only, it's the same neighborhood as the. Is it? Yeah. Oh, really? It's the same neighborhood as the. Oh, well, well I didn't think the other one had a gate. Yep, it did. Oh, it did. It was a different gated community. Oh, okay. That's but it was. was like right next door. It was the one right next door. Well, I guess maybe because it's Christmas time and our neighbor, our neighborhood looks so sick yeah, at, it's so at late. night. Uh, yeah. Well, the only thing, so the thing I think was throwing me off about the other place was that it was such a good deal. It was a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars less because we looked at it almost a year ago. True. And so it was a hundred thousand dollars less than what we bought our new place for. For and also it, it had a, a couple hundred more square feet to it, and um, it had everything was what I would have picked out. Got it. Like the same flooring I would have picked it's out, the same final. paint color, the same light fixtures. Yeah, and so. Our place that we bought, it's kind of fun because I get to do all that instead of it being done already. So, I mean, tune into the vlog channel again, not to plug it a thousand times, but I'll be doing a lot of home decor videos there, I'm sure, coming up. What I love about you is to most people that sounds like absolute shit. The, the fact that it's not oh, done. Oh, that you get to do and it? And then you're like, I get to. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, it has the right amount of things that I get to do. Like, I don't have to take out anything yucky. Like, there's no gross things that I have to renovate. Yeah. Because that stuff doesn't look fun to me. But changing the floors, the paint, the light fixtures, that stuff's fun. Because if it was like brand new fixtures and brand new stuff, I'd feel bad that if I didn't like it, you know, and then I have to change it and it's like brand new. Okay, so get pre-approved first if you're going to buy a house while you're selling. Um, We, because the market was so hot and it's so hot in Vegas too, like usually Vegas isn't that hot of a market compared to California, but 
because of, I think, all the people leaving California, um, the Vegas market was on fire. Like houses were, I had a list of houses we were looking at that were gone. Like I had picked them out the night before. They were gone the mor- the next morning. We would show up at open houses and, and there would be a gone. line out the door. Yeah. So because of that, we had the, all the realtors were like, you have to list your house, your current house first before you can even go make an offer. That's unheard of. Like, yeah. so we're like, shit, part of me doesn't want to list our house first because we don't know where we're going. And for me, I have to like have an idea of where we're going in order to feel comfortable leaving well, the reason why they Something wanted us to home. the reason why they wanted us to do that too is because we wanted to use our the money we got from selling this place, right, right, to, to buy the other. Place. Oh, another option that we were looking at, not to jump all over the place, but I'm glad you brought that up because um, we were debating on maybe renting this place out mm-hmm. and then and then renting in Vegas for a little bit before finding our finding spot. a place and then yeah. and then possibly maybe using crypto or something another means like to purchase another house rather than using the money from this house yes we were considering that yes the thing that that i went back and forth like there was a lot of thought that went into this but um one of the main reasons we didn't is because being owning property while living in another state especially if it's our first property that we're renting out just sounded like a headache to me and for not enough like profit really because if you just own one property that you're renting out it's not really you're not making a lot of cash flow from that that's like a long-term thing um, and because we were aware of some of the issues that we've had in this place, we just didn't want to deal with them in the Oh, true, end. true. You know There's that. And then, oh, also with California laws, um, I know a lot of people that are trying to move out of state right now that can't sell their house that they have a tenant living in because yes. the tenant just doesn't want to leave. And basically in California, someone that you're renting your house to has more rights to your house than, than you do. In a lot so, of cases, In yeah. a lot of cases. So... Uh, we just thought it, all in all our options would be very limited if we didn't just completely cut ties and, mm-hmm. and move. So that's what we're just, we decided to do. Um, and and so we were like, okay, we're selling our house. We decided, we've decided that's what we're going to do. What are our options now? And you can, you know, pick a different option than we did. But um, we were looking at this one service. So the, well, actually, let me back up. So the traditional route would be to have an, a realtor that's your agent who is going to run all of your open houses. They're going to do the marketing. They're going to post all the pictures on Redfin and Zillow and all of those places. They're going to um, go to their client list of buyers that they know that are looking for a place like your place. So hopefully, like they, it kind of gives you an added boost that your house would leave the um, market earlier. Um, we really needed that because uh, we had already placed an offer on a place before we had an open house here on on our condo which is badass the only reason we were able to get our offer through too was because uh it was listed as a coming soon thankfully we had it as a coming soon it wasn't quite on the market yet but at least the realtors over there could see that we were serious about selling our condo here so and we were very pre-approved like way very 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 into the process like like almost like 80 percent done um, so that was the route that we ended up going with was the traditional, but you have to keep in mind that if you are to go the traditional route, it, the closing costs take a good chunk of your, uh, profit. So any equity that you may have gained over the years on the house, you're looking at, you know, a good 20 to 30 K going out the door to the realtors and in commissions and closing costs. Um, so we were looking at another service that, uh, would, basically handle all the paperwork they would handle all the like negotiations between the buyers and and stuff uh but we would have to do everything else so we'd have to take the pictures we'd have to list everything we'd have to run the open houses we'd have to pick the the buyers we'd we'd have to vet the buyers too that's another thing is vetting the buyers you want a realtor and the reason that they're getting this commission is because they should be like really having your back, making sure you're not going to get screwed. So their job is to scrutinize all the offers coming in and make sure that these buyers are pre-approved, that they have, uh, that they're, they're serious about buying, that they have a a good size down payment. Um, if, if they write, if they wrote a letter that really helps, you know, they say when you're buying a house, you should write like a personal letter. We, 
made a video for our first house purchase just because it adds a little bit of personality and it shows them that you're serious that you like really want to buy why didn't we do it for this one because we didn't have to yeah this the one that we purchased in vegas um one i noticed that their house had been sitting on the market for 74 days so i've, I've been studying this particular neighborhood for over a year now because yeah, i knew i knew that this was a neighborhood that i wanted to move into and i'd seen the prices i'd seen how fast things were going they were really hot over the summer prices like skyrocketed but then they started cooling down and i think this particular property they hadn't caught up with the fact that the prices were cooling down and that they, there were other properties around them for more square footage that were updated, that were going for less than what they had listed. And so I reached out to the um, the selling agents and I asked them if they'd be open or if the seller would be open to lowering their, their uh, price, listing price to our price range. And they were. They were very motivated. I guess they had already had another deal fall through. So that's mm. one of the reasons why their house was on the market so long is because they were in contract and they fell out of contract after like a month, wow. so, which is something that can happen if you don't vet the buyers. So the selling agents were very, very strict on like vetting us when we um, made an offer. And because we were so far along on the approval process, because also our lender kicks ass out there. Shout yes. out to Dave. Um he he likes to do a lot of it up front. He's like, I'm going to ask you for a lot of things. But when it comes to the end and the closing process is going to go so fast because we're already like so much farther along than most people are. So when the seller agents over in Vegas called our lender, they were surprised at how far along we already were. And so for them, that was more important than getting a higher offer. Got it. Because they, yeah, they stick a before. higher offer could, yeah, could yeah. end up being on the market even longer and then falling through. So they're like, we'd rather take our chances with somebody that's already this far along, that's already, that's in the uh, right range. Honestly, it was a fair offer. Yes. So, um, so yeah, that's how we got uh, that place first before our house was even listed. And I was showing them how fast places in our neighborhood were going because I wanted them to know like, hey, I, I really do believe we can sell our house within 30 days Yeah. Um, and then close on the other loan. So we were on a contingency, what's called a contingency, where the contingency is based on us selling our condo and you get a deadline for um, you have to sell your property by this time or else you, you lose the house over there. So when we were selling our house, the thing that was important to us was also that the sell that the buyers were would be able to close on time. The contingency that they would uh, be able to close within 30 days uh, before our deadline over in Vegas, and we also wanted to have a month of back rent. Yeah. To give us time to pack up our house and move after closing over in Vegas. Otherwise, we'd have like a week to do everything, and that's just really stressful. So um, the buyers that we got, they were they're awesome. They uh, the realtor was super um, proactive. And instead of doing a bidding war, one of the things that you can do is collect all the offers that come in and um, and then do this thing called final and best where your realtor sends out the like, hey, send all your final and best offers to everyone that made an offer. Here's the current highest offer. And then everyone like starts doing a bidding war over your house. And that's how you get these houses going like for for hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking price because there's this bidding war going on. And so it's nice to be in a bidding war. We did have multiple offers on our house, but because this agent was like, yo, we don't want to be in a bidding war. It gets really messy. It's really stressful. What do the sellers want? We'll do it. And so we basically got to name our price and yep, um, and we named our price and we also named our contingencies that we need like everything to close within a certain amount of time and we need... Um, 30 days back rent. Uh, they offered way over listing price in our price range that we quoted them. And not only did they give us back rent, but also for free. So we didn't yeah. have to, like typically, like now we would be renters and now I'm paying them rent. Like they're my landlord in our previous house. And they bought our fridge from us. And they bought our fridge from us. Yeah. yeah. We had brand new appliances. And um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely the right amount that we wanted. They had a 20% down payment, which is great because then that loan gets approved much quicker than if it was an FHA loan, which is under 20%. Um, and we we closed in like 20 days, but I'm jumping ahead. So when we initially decided, okay, we're selling our house, we have an offer on this place in Vegas, 
we we knew we wanted to have a selling agent because we didn't want to do the headache of going through selling everything ourselves. Um, we listed as a coming soon first. And I said this already, but um, when, what this is, is like letting the public know like, hey, this place is going to be available soon. And it generates hype for your house, like as if you were throwing a party, like you're throwing an event. You wouldn't want to let people know the day of the party, like, hey, this is a party. You want to let them know like a week ahead of time. So it gets people like looking at it like, OK, when's the open house? And they're like saving it. And then the more people that are saving it on Zillow and Redfin, it makes your house look really popular. And so people start getting FOMO like, oh, I want to get this house first. And so it generates that that kind of hype. Then you have the open house set up and um, we had to be out of the house for the open house, which was really hard for cat owners. Yes. I didn't really think this one through. It was also really funny. But it was, yeah, it was pretty funny because we have four cats, which is a ridiculous amount of cats. Way too many cats. It's way too many cats. And we only had two cat carriers. So we only took two cats out of the open house, knowing that the other two would probably stay under the bed. And they did. And they did. Nobody saw them the whole time. But it was just pretty funny knowing that they were there the whole time, probably probably scared out of their minds, oh, but, yeah. um, but that no one else knew that they were there. Um, and so for the open house, a couple things that I had seen houses sell faster with and also confirmed with my realtor that, yes, indeed, like your house will sell much faster if you do these things. Uh, number one, deep clean your house, mm -hmm. like just spotless. Spend the couple hundred dollars that it is. I think it was like four hundred dollars. $400 to $600 is mm -hmm. what I was anticipating. I think we got one for like 400. They deep, like especially the kitchen and the bathrooms, just like make sure that anywhere that there's going to be food or hygiene related things, that like those are sparkling. People look at those things first and like if that's dirty, then they're like, this is a dirty house. Exactly. Okay, it just is a psychological thing. And I think that's true for the open houses that I walked through well, we as that. well. When, yep. I, when I walked through like bathrooms and kitchens, if they were dirty, I was like, nope i just am turned off by this house and i can't even if they can't really pinpoint why it just is a thing so deep clean your house number two stage your house i don't care if you like your decorations uh <laughs> there's so many places i saw on zillow and redfin that had a great amount of square feet but their houses stayed on the market even in a really hot market because there was just so much shit there's like so much clutter and yeah. because you live in your house day to day you might not notice like how like clean to you it might look clean to your eyeballs but then someone that walks in is like this is a cluttered ass mess um so just like mismatching furniture like shelves that are cluttered with things just get get it all out of there just like take it all to storage to put it in a closet hide it whatever you got to do make it look like this is what i did was look at airbnbs look at an airbnb Make your house look like that. Like when you walk in an Airbnb, you look at the kitchen, there's nothing on the counters. There's no, like you don't have like toasters and blenders and stuff. You just, it's clean cl counters. Maybe you have a mixing bowl or a coffee maker. Especially those Maybe. houses where people bought them, flipped them just to make them into Airbnb houses. Yeah, yeah. Like you'll never see any clutter in there ever. No, maybe like you have just a couple decorative items there. And if you can, we didn't do this because I didn't have too many of these up, but um, I heard removing like personal photos helps too because people want to visualize them living in your house, yes. not like other people living there. So taking down like family photos and, uh, you know, wedding photos. I didn't, I didn't do that. I only have a few photos up, but yeah. you know, that also helps. If you have a lot of family photos, take them down. Also don't have your guns out. I actually, I, I accidentally, <laughs> I made a mistake on all our, of your guns. Well, on our first open house. These guns. Yeah, exactly. No, on our first oh. open house, I realized that I had my shoddy just hanging out <laughs> like out in the open after the, after day one, when we got home. So yeah, Whoops. there's a little hot tip. A hot tip. Uh, uh, we didn't get any offers from that first day. No. So <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so staging. Okay, yes, yeah, so make sure if you don't have, uh, if things aren't coordinated in your house, I would honestly hire a stager. I think it's worth it. If I hadn't remodeled our place specifically to sell it and I did that, like I made vlogs of it and people were like, didn't you just remodel your house? Like why are you, why are you selling your house? No, I, I remodeled it to sell it. Like I wanted something pleasing to the eye for people walking through an open house. And that's what I kept in mind the entire time I was 
yep. redecorating you talk about it constantly things that up the value in your house are things that you should invest in things like um window decor decoratives like uh, curtains um shades blinds that kind of stuff uh upgrading the light fixtures fresh paint um, we did that yeah we painted the living room flooring, again new flooring new flooring uh get rid of that old carpet that's in there and put in either laminate or put in brand new carpet uh all of those things are gonna cost you maybe like a couple thousand dollars if you do the flooring and some of the more expensive stuff but it'll up the value of your house by like 50 grand by like 20 to 50 grand so those are definitely worth it if you're trying to increase the value on your house um also make sure everything like is all the lights are on during your open house light bright airy open all the window shades candles i know i was gonna get there okay. too but yes yeah. candles yeah. make sure it smells good uh, some people before uh it was the pandemic used to have like there, people would have like appetizers and stuff in oh, their right. house because it's nice to uh put things on a plate and sit down and like envision yourself like living, living there, there. Yeah. yeah um since you can't do that anymore then things like candles really help to make it feel like a home or uh, my friend ray told me because he does a lot of flips he flips houses and sells them um to put uh he said he put either car fresheners or those Glade sticky things in the HVAC. So if you have central air so conditioning, like you put it into the central, then to the vent, and then it just blows around the entire house. I think that's what they do at Bed Bath and Beyond. Oh, and Vegas. Yeah, and in Vegas, like casinos, shopping malls to make it smell good. Yeah. Because there's a, a psychological factor in that too. I was reading something that certain smells make you want to spend m money, like no make kidding. you want to shop there. Yeah. Wow. So. Well, we had apple cinnamon glade plugins. We did, and apple cinnamon candles. And that was we really magic. went there. Ma and I, you know, I kind of handled all that. Kind of, I kind of. And to be honest, when I came back from when the open house was over and we were bringing our kitties back, I was like, "This doesn't even feel like the same house." Yeah, I was like, "I want to live here." It's like sparkling clean and smells amazing. Not like it's not right now. Not like uh, yeah. Right now, we're literally looking at moving boxes. It's crazy everywhere. Okay, we're going to take a break, but then when we come back, I'm going to tell you some more shit they don't tell you about selling your house. Get fucking ready because it's a party. Every time you say that it's a party, it never turns out to be much of a party. It's a party, Steve. Okay. Some people aren't cut out for the party life, I so see. I get why you might not feel that way. I don't know. I've, always, I've kind of been waiting for this party. Get but... ready for the motherfucking party. Okay, I guess But so. buy everything we tell you to buy first. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out huge amounts. Like we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Bly. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> Hello, we're back. Hope you bought everything we told you to buy and downloaded everything we told you to download. And now we're going to get into the party that I know you're all waiting for. Except for Steve. He's not really a party animal. I'm ready. Just give me one sec. Here, ready? All right. Wow. It let's, started. Let's have a party. Okay. So... In uh, retrofit inspections. Okay, I'm out. You know what that is? I'm leaving. You can do the rest of the show. Okay, so first of all, so first of all, I think I've said first of all like probably 50 times. Yeah, you never so quit. I, I think you're on like, I think 17th I have, of so all. Fifth of all, um, <laughs> after the your open house, you will start to get offers. You will also probably have people requesting private showings, depending on how picky you are. And I think if we hadn't had this other contract where we really needed to close fast, maybe we would have done a second open house and seen how many the other fact that offers. that we only needed one is pretty crazy. Is really crazy. And and a couple of private showings. Because I think the buyers we ended up going with, they actually came over the next day. Yeah. And also, um, you know, I, I think I have a long track record of being really petty. Me and Nikki are both pretty petty people. Yeah. Um, but this one offer that we got... <laughs> Was so insulting. You don't have to say that. No, no, no. That. Hold on, hold on. Yes, okay. I do. I do. I do have to say it. Why? It was so insulting that when we sold our place for where, where we wanted for it, mm -hmm. I wanted to call this person <laughs> and let them know that we that we that they lowballed us so hard 
that it was personally insulting. See, I'm not that petty. Oh, I'm that petty. I know. I know. I wanted to send them the the bo- the the cell notice uh-huh. like in the fucking mail. That's all I wanted to do. You don't know why they made the lower offer. Maybe that's that was the top of their price range. Oh, really? You're kind of mean. No, no, no. We kind of talked to them actually. That's true. So I kind of know for a fact that they were working us. They were working us. Um, they talked for us to us for a long time. A long um, time. So anyway, moving on. After you get the offers in, like I said, your realtor can then do final and best, where they send out. To everyone that made offers, hopefully you have multiple offers. That is the goal. Like you do want multiple offers. Hopefully you priced your, oh, I didn't talk about that, but pricing your house when you are deciding on what to list your house as, really take a look at the comps. Look at the places around you that have recently sold that are listed on the market currently. Look at the square footage they have. Look how many bedrooms and bathrooms. Look at the, like make sure it's in the same exact area because you could go a couple blocks down in LA and it's a completely different area. So make sure you're realistic about your house. I think sometimes people just think their house is the shit and it's like worth so much. The person who we bought our place from. Where, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. listed way, way over what it should be, and um, and then also uh, also realize that the Zestimate, like the Zillow estimate, they call it a Zestimate. Uh, usually, the even though it's a seller's market and things are going hot, like there's a lot of times where uh, the houses are selling. When you actually look at what they sold for, it was under what the Zestimate was. So keeping all of those things in mind and keeping like price per square footage and Oh, if you are if your house faces a busy street, that can decrease the value of your property by like 50 grand. So ours is not. It's very tucked away in the corner. It's very private. I used all of those factors to kind of What about flight paths? I wouldn't wonder about that. Yeah, that too. I mean, anything noisy like those can all decrease the value. Because every time I'm driving home. by Burbank Airport, I'm like, man, these people who live over here must hate their no, lives. Oh, and Burbank's expensive, but yeah. so you're like, oh, I have property in Burbank, but then it's right under the flight path. Because I mean, you know, LAX obviously, but the, the, like by Burbank, it's so residential that they, people got to be pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think about all those things too. If you live by mm. a train, you know, so all these things influence. Uh, oh, if your house is close to freeways. So find all the selling points of your house and then also be realistic about all the flaws of your house that are going to decrease the value. And then um, pick up a, a price point. This is, or at least you don't have to do this, but this is what I did. And this is what my realtor agreed with is picking a price point that's enough under what the value is that it, it looks like a really good deal where like people are like, oh shit, I could actually get that house. Cause that way you'll get multiple offers and that's what gets you the bidding more. And that's what gets you the offers that are way above listing price. Little tip by the way. Okay. You know, I, I took a marketing class in high school. Hmm. If you want to sell something for $500, but you say you're going to sell it for $499, mm. guess what? People are going to think that they're buying it for $400 even though they're buying it for $500. That's sick. Thank you. That's so sick. Thank you very much. I don't think that. Pricing. The key. Key to it is pricing, folks. Thank you. <laughs> Good tips, Steve. Thank you very I'm much. I'm glad that you've added to this. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, okay. So then you got your offer. You get you accept an offer. You're excited. You're like, hell yeah, I'm getting the fuck out. I'm getting a new house. Okay. This party's not over yet. You first have to do an inspection. And, like, and so the first 10 days... They put down what's called an earnest money deposit. And this is also helping you if you're buying a house too. You're going to have to put down something called an earnest money deposit. And this just is like, it's like, hey, I'm serious. It's not quite their full down payment. It's usually like $10,000. And it's like, hey, $10,000, if we change our mind in the next 10 days, we get to have that back. But if we decide to move forward, that $10,000 then goes and becomes part of the down payment. And we had to do that for Vegas because we had kind of a little clock ticking. We did, yeah. Because we would have lost that if we didn't We did, yeah. We would have lost it for sure. And uh, and so during this 10 days is when if you're a buyer, you want to get your inspections done. Same, And if you're a seller, you want to make sure that the buyers are getting their inspections done. So with our place, we had to do two inspections. One was a retrofit inspection because we live in a condo. So there's a complex and... Um, they want to make sure that like the roof is good and like the the water heater, uh, they check the meters. To be honest, I don't really fucking know what they checked, but it was a Filipino guy that came over and we talked about the Philippines for a while and he was really cool. And um, I, so- I wish I could tell you some shit they don't tell you, but nobody even told me what the retrofit inspection was. He just like came over with a list and checked things. Did he come in like to start? No, no. He went okay, to, yeah. he said, where's your water heater? And he went to that and then he took pictures of the fire alarms and the sprinkler system. 
That guy's got the sickest job I've ever had. I know. Ever it's Are sick. you kidding me? And then he gets to say yes or no. That's incredible. <laughs> and then, uh, so I thought that was the inspection at first because I, I don't fucking know. We bought this house as is, so our inspection for it was super fast. Um, Talk about a guy who came over and knocked on the walls. <laughs> yeah. He like looked at the, to see if their water was running and he yeah. was like, it's good. <laughs> He's like, there's four walls. I think that's pretty good. So the real inspection came and I was holding my breath because I don't even know what they're looking for. I like, I just don't know. I'm like, it's been good for us. Hopefully nothing goes wrong during this. And during the inspection, the buyers came over as well. And, and so they were, it was nice to meet them again and say congratulations. And they were excited and they were kind of visualizing what they want to put places. Well, I also called myself um, a renter. They're like, not yet, not yet. And I was like, oh, we'll see, pal. Because <laughs> it wasn't closed yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So the inspection was done, and after the inspection is done, I could finally breathe again. And what they, what the buyers are going to do now is they're going to review their inspection report, and then they typically go to your selling agent, so you're the your realtor, and they give you a list of repairs. So like a list of things that they want you to pay for as the seller, um, and. This can range from a number of different things. Sometimes buyers try to get like everything covered and then like sometimes they're really fair. Um, but usually they're at least going to ask for something. There's just always something that they are going to want credit for. So be prepared for that. And then your realtor's job is to negotiate that back down. So they just go back and forth. Their agent and your agent just kind of like go like this. And it's just a whole song and dance. Like it's a whole part of the game. That's what happens and that's why I really didn't want to be selling my house on my own. I just don't want to, I don't like being the person that has to negotiate and stuff. Um, so they did that. Our buyers were actually super, super nice. And uh, they asked for things that I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like we, I think we should pay for that. And it wasn't too much and it didn't like, you know, take away from how much we wanted to sell the house for, you know, if they asked for like, $10,000 worth of repairs. Well, then what's the point of them being over listing price or whatever? Right. Um, so they asked for, you know, decent things, just um, things like around the, uh, just like little cracks in the walls or whatever, like little, little tiny things. Uh, and we covered that. And, and then they, so then they sign off on it and everything. Um, and then there's an appraisal that's supposed to happen. And this is like some of the stuff that I was telling you that I just can't give you much information on. It's some shit they don't tell you for sure. Like, what does the appraisal do? I still don't know Bro. because they waived their appraisal for our place when they bought our place. And, uh, we waived our appraisal. Well, no, we, we got an appraisal on our place and it was the price that it was supposed to be. Like it was the price that we bought it for what happens if it's if the price is just i don't know that's what i'm i have to look it up yeah okay. i didn't i didn't look it up before the show that is just some shit they still don't tell you so yeah i don't i really don't know uh the appraisal uh could come back as lower than the what they bought it for and then they could be like oh no never mind i i don't know that would be wild it would be wild i've never seen it happen because when even when we got this place appraised that we bought as is um, when we bought it, it came in at exactly the price that we bought it for. Yeah, how's that working? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. It can even be like multiples. Honestly, so many times in this process, I'm like, they just make this shit up. They make it up. I really just like, do they, they just make Zillow it and then they go, hey, it's the same price? <laughs> yeah, they're like, it seems right. That's so fucking. I want to be an appraiser. Just to, if you're an appraiser, let us know in the comments because I genuinely don't. We understand. think that your job is trash and that you guys are faking <laughs> it. We think that you guys think fake you're it. faking it. Yeah. Then you go in there with a measuring tape and yeah, you're whatever. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah you take right. the day off every day. That's sounds awesome. right. Uh, didn't see any holes anywhere, so right, let me check Zillow real quick. Good. Oh shit! All right, so is that what they're saying? All right, five twenty-five. It's five twenty-five. Wait, how much did you pay? Oh yeah, yeah, it's that price. It's that price. Okay, yeah. So that's something that needs to be done in the beginning. I'm pretty sure they. I know that we did ours really late, and they were like freaking out. They're like, "You haven't done the appraisal yet." Oh my god, that should have been done like the first week. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. Honestly, I. Don't I barely care. And nobody tells us and we don't care. Nobody tells you anything. And then there's all these companies. So then, okay, let's get to the paperwork section. Oh, no. Because that's the party. That's the real party. It's because a lot of it is just like they like you get a, a mass amount of paperwork to sign. They're like, hey, you gotta sign this, and it's gotta be now. And then you you signing shit and you're just not even reading shit you don't anymore. Even read any of it. You because you don't know what it's gonna mean and you're not gonna remember anyway. So you just no. have to Hope that you trust the people that you're working with. You just have to know that if you sign enough papers that eventually you do get a, piece, a pair of keys to a house. You do. Um, 
maybe hopefully hopefully if you trusted the right people yeah so this is the part where i on my vlog channel i was documenting this process too and i was like everything else in life get an attorney to review anything before signing it <laughs> Or make sure that you completely 100, 100% comprehend the information that, that you are signing your name upon. Unless you're buying a house. Unless you're buying a house. That's right. Don't read it. If you're buying or selling a house, you're not going to know. You're just, not going to be able to read it. Just sign all that shit. Just sign so many papers. documents. You're gonna, just keep signing it. Fortunately, we had a, our realtor there. And he was actually pretty sc scrupulous of things. Oh, this is when we were buying the house. Yeah, when we were buying the house. See, and I haven't even gotten there yet. So I'm talking about just even selling the house. Mm. And there's another thing with selling the house. If you have an HOA, dude, if you have an HOA, you have to buy an HOA resale package when you sell your house and they can charge whatever they want. It could be like a couple hundred dollars. Like they said that ours was on the cheaper side of the resale package pricing and at $250. They said it goes up to like $700. And what is it, you ask? Oh, it's just a PDF of the HOA's rules and regulations. Totally worth it. The H HOAs are scams, I think. They are. I think they are. I don't like them. Unless, I never have. Well, the RHOA at the new place, they actually look like they do stuff. Um, like they everything looks really taken care of. Here, our HOA is $350 a month. A month. And, and there's a bunch of planters outside. With, and that's yeah, it. They take care of the planters. There's we, like <laughs> there's 80, no amenities. There's like 18 flowers out there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, that I think sums up the selling process. Okay. So you're signing all the shit and then in the final, then they do a final walkthrough uh, at the very end after they're like, okay, the inspections are approved. Oh, after you make the repairs that they asked you to make, then they do another inspection with either the, an inspector or their agent walks through and just to like verify that you made those repairs. And then they do a final walkthrough where they're just like, okay, yes, we like it still. We still want to buy it. And then um, they do, they sign a bunch, they sign a bunch of papers and then there's like an official recording or a confirmation of recording where it actually goes to the county clerk's or the, the assessor's office, the county clerk's office. And they like officially say, okay, there's new owners on this house. And then they get the keys. What? Yeah, it's just a lot. Yeah. It's as exhausting as it sounds. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so then we also bought a house. And then that was, we did all the things that I just talked about. But then there's way more signing that you have to do, which was what Steve was talking about, is that you're signing so much paperwork. And um, our realtor at that place was very scrutinizing because you're signing at the escrow office and the escrow lady is like telling you what all the papers mean, but you're still like, oh, yeah. and then, and then the realtor is like, wait a second. This one seems weird. Yeah. He's like, why are these taxes so high here? And you know, is it spread out quarterly and all this kind of, he's just asking questions that I didn't even know to ask. And that's why they get the big bucks. That's right. And that's why I was like, I don't know. I can't do this on my own. Um, but yeah, there's uh so when you're buying a house, just as a refresher, <laughs> Um, the pre-approval process that I mentioned earlier, when I heard, oh, you need to get pre-approved first, it's like, it's e an easy thing to hear. But then what does that mean? Because that's some shit they don't tell you. Cause I was always like, every time I learn a new thing, there's like a whole new other bunch of things that I don't know. And the pre-approval process is they're going to ask you for, um, your credit. So your credit score, you're going to, they're going to run your credit score. Um, to see what you qualify for based on your credit score. And really, like, anything over 735 is fine. Like, people think you have to have perfect credit before buying a house. You don't. Like, honestly, neither of our credits were good when we bought either of our places. And um, you get a little bit higher of an interest rate, but interest rates are really low right now anyway. So just do it. Um, and then they're going to ask you for the, your past two years of tax returns and W-2s. So have those on hand. And... Uh, what else? What else did they ask for? Oh, they're going to ask for like what your down payment's going to be and where those funds are coming from. And then you're going to have to show proof of like where those funds are coming from. And then they'll give you like an estimate of like well, how much they can give you. Or if you have a specific property in mind, they can approve you for it or not and tell you what all the details are. About. How come they, I have a question for you. Yes. How come they wanted to see my crypto stuff even though we weren't using crypto? Um, I think because there's a, they do assets and liabilities. So to see... 
It's like basically if you lost your source of income, mm. would you still be able to pay the loan? Would you still be able to pay your mortgage? Got it. Yeah. So it, the lenders like to see everything. No, see everything. Got it, got it, got it. Exactly. And if you're self-employed, this process is even harder because you will be very scrutinized on how sustainable your income is because yes. self-employed people, you know, sometimes it's gig Carry based, sometimes it, you know, self-employed is self-employed is a huge umbrella of different jobs and a lot of them are uh, some are gig based, some are uh, steady. And so we had to basically prove by getting a, a letter from our CPA that our income wouldn't change by moving states. Um, also, a letter like in the letter, they talked about like how long we've been doing this, how long they've been doing our taxes, what kind of profit and losses they've seen every year. I also had to submit a profit and loss statement for this year. I also had to submit um, W-2s and ten and uh, tax returns going back previous years. And I had to submit them for both individual and for the businesses and for big mood, which I never didn't have to do last time. Um, but because I'm a quarter owner over there, I also had to submit their profit and loss statement. Wild. It's crazy. Even though I'm not. Yeah. Even though it's a different thing over there. So there's a lot that uh, to get approved for, but basically they want to see your debt to income ratio, which we have zero debt, which was good personally, but the the more debt you have, the less you're going to get approved for. So keep that in mind. If you can pay off any credit cards or you pay off your car, do that. If it's the difference between you getting like a $500,000 house or a $600,000 house, it, it makes a huge difference. Like a couple thousand makes a huge difference. They're talking about just like outlying debt, right? Not because like we had a, a, we were technically in debt for our house. Like where we had yeah, a- Yeah, everything a, except for your mortgage. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. Because, well, for the debt for our house, they knew we were going to sell our house and the loan Got would be it. paid off. So they took that into account. So they were looking at the equity in our house. And this is the other point I want to make because people were asking two questions. One- did you buy the new house using some of your crypto stack? Mm -mm. No, we did not. And this is why, um, if you go back and watch the shit, they don't tell you episode about, uh, I think it was investing 101 where I talk about real estate and why I strongly believe you should do everything you can to get your foot in the door owning real estate. Don't worry about your credit score. Don't worry if you can't put 20% down. Just get your foot in the door. Because when we got this place, People were saying it's the top of the market. Don't buy it. They it was, sure did. It was 2018. All the quote unquote experts were selling. They're like, we're about to. The bubble's about to burst. Like, don't <laughs> buy it. And I was like, no, I want to own real estate. So I, I did a lot of research. Watch that episode because I go more into depth about this. But do a lot of research on the neighborhood. Make sure it's a it's an area that's expanding and growing. That way, you know that in the long term you're going to make money on the house. Make sure you get a good price. Make sure the house is like, you know, something that that has resaleability. Okay. And then, and then get like a fair price for it. And then, um, so we couldn't pay 20% down for this house when we were buying it. At first I thought we could, but then we had to pay a bunch of taxes. And so that took like a huge chunk of what our down payment was originally going to be. So we could only put 15% down. We did that. Um, our house was, I think it helps to know actual numbers. So, I mean, excuse me for talking about like finances sometimes people are like it's tacky to talk about numbers but so like if you get honestly it, helps, it helps me a lot to to hear people actually discuss their real numbers yeah, so we bought this house in 2018 for 525 i could only put 15 percent down and uh that was i think it ended up being like after closing costs it ended up being like 80 something thousand dollars 85 thousand dollars it was 75 but then after closing it was like 85 or something like that Okay, and then, um, so then you're paying PMI, and that's all that means. Like, people are scared to put less than 20% down because you have to pay more monthly. You're paying uh, private mortgage insurance, I think it's called. P PMI, it's like 200 bucks a month. And then, uh, a year, but then a year later, we refinanced. So it was at a 5.6% rate because my credit was bad when I got approved. And um, we, and then we could only put 15% down. And then a year later, my credit was good and the interest rates were even lower. So we took it down to 3.6, which was minus two percentage points. And we got rid of the PMI because the equity had gone up so much. So the equity, basically, you're just paying a monthly rent. Like you're paying your mortgage, which is what we would have been paying in rent anyway. 
And actually, after the refinance, we were paying less per month for sick. our three-bedroom, 1,600-square-foot condo than our friends that were paying for a two-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. They were all paying $2,500 a month, and they're like right in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. $2,500 a month. We were paying $1,900 a month for the mortgage after the refinance. And it's still going towards your your loan amount, your, your, your equity, your principal amount. A lot of it's going to interest in the first couple of years, um, but you're still putting down some into your equity. So when we sold our house, we sold, uh, I got, there was, we got two, we had $210,000 in equity. So we started with $85,000 in equity. And just because of paying the rent, the mortgage, it went up to 210,000. That's like money that's making money. And that's what, mm -hmm. that's what I really want people to understand is like, if you can't, build wealth by just saving. It's good to save to eventually put it into an investment, but you have to eventually, you have to put it into an asset, something that's generating money while you're not working. Like you're over here doing your job, making income. Yes, keep doing that. That's good. But there has to be something else that's generating money for you for the long run, like for when you retire, for that's generating wealth for you um, without you having to work. Like it's not a a one-to-one -one scale of this, I get paid this amount of money per hour that I, I am working. Something needs to be generating more for you, like while you sleep. And so with real estate, in general, it in history, it has always grown, even if the market crashes, even if there's a dip. So ask yourself if you bought in a good neighborhood at a good price, and also if the market did crash and you were stuck there, like if you were trapped there, would you want to live in that house? And I was like, yeah, I exactly. like I like this condo. We love it. If the market crashes, I'm okay with living through the dip. I can afford the monthly mortgage and I can live through the dip and then eventually it'll correct itself and the prices will go back up and then you can either sell it or you can rent it out or you can do whatever you want, but you have an asset that's growing equity while you sleep instead of doing it all yourself. Could I have saved up $210,000 on my own in three and a half years? Maybe. But we didn't have to because the house was doing it for us. So we took that, sold it. Even after closing costs, we had more than enough to put a 20% down payment on a house, our house in Las Vegas. So no, we didn't have to use crypto at all. Thank God or I'd and be then, very upset. Yes, exactly. And then the second question people always ask is like, well, what about buying top of market? Like you're like we're at the, you're at the top of the market right now. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Um 2018, they said the same thing, and sure it did. clearly wasn't. Uh, we might definitely be at the top of the market. We might agree with that, frankly. Uh, yeah. But we just want to leave California, number one. And number two, we love the house. Well, two, and, and well, the, the main thing, though, is that in the long run, it will make money. Like so, yeah. And so it, it, does, it doesn't really matter unless you're planning on flipping something or, you know, selling within a short amount of time, then it, then, I wouldn't really be concerned with the market crashing. Can you pay the monthly mortgage? Do you want to live in that house for a long-term amount mm -hmm. of time? Those are the only two questions I was interested in. And will this money, will this house eventually correct itself and, and make money in the long run? Yes, yes, and yes. And is so, there a pool? Yes. Yes. So and then the other thing I wanted to let people know, because this is some, this was debated. I had to ask multiple sources um, that's some shit they don't tell you is do you have to pay capital gains tax on selling your house? If you've lived in your house for less than two years, yes, you have to pay capital gains tax. And that's whatever tax bracket that you are in. That's what state state wise, I think it's state capital gains tax wise. Uh, that's how much capital gains tax you'll have to pay on however much you made from the sale of your home. That's huge because huge. <laughs> like that, that could have been a, that could have been 20% plus. Yeah. Exactly. But if you've lived in your house longer than two years, then you're technically considered a first time home buyer again or something. I, I forget what it's called. But basically, short answer, no, you don't have to pay capital gains tax if you. Oh, actually, sorry. You have to pay up. You get up to $250,000 per person. So per owner free. So no tax free. Like so up to for two people up to $500,000 tax free. After that, that would it would be taxed at the capital gains tax rate. So interesting. That's good. Good to know. Yeah. If you make made more than five hundred thousand dollars, good for you. But also, that's too bad. But also, it'll be taxed. But only 20, the part 25%. that's only the part that's over five hundred thousand. Right. Right. So if you made 
510,000 than yeah, just whatever. the 10,000 yeah, yeah, that's yeah. going to be taxed. Not that. I thought that was uh interesting though. Like what what gets taxed and what doesn't. Um and I think that's <laughs> that's it. Um but owning property, yeah, is like having a, a piggy bank too. You can you can do so much with it. I I highly recommend you watch the channel Meet Kevin. A lot of the information that I've learned on real estate in the past couple of years has been from his channel. He does a really good job breaking things down and he gives you all the numbers that he worked with in the beginning and he owns like 20 properties now. He's amazing. I don't I un actually understand how he has all the time to do what he does. He does a live stream every single morning. Crazy. He has so many courses. He has like TikTok and he does a lot of things. Yeah. But um, shout out to me, Kevin. He's great. Um, and unshout out to me, Kevin, on crypto stuff, dude. You suck at crypto, but I like you for real estate stuff. <laughs> yeah, just real estate is yeah. what I've just been stick following. Just stay in that but, lane there, bud. You know, he was ta talking about in one of the videos I was watching a long time ago about how uh, real estate is like a piggy bank where... Well, not just a piggy bank, but it actually grows because I talked about the equity. But um, you can take out a HELOC, which is a home equity line of credit. And you literally just, let's say you had $100,000 of equity in your home. You take out a HELOC and it's like a revolving credit line where it's like a credit card. So let's say I wanted to um, do a kitchen renovation for $20,000. I take out a HELOC and then I just pay it back like a loan but it's on my own house. So I loan myself the money out of my own house. Wow. So it's not like you put your money into a void and then it's like uh, the mortgage company owns it forever. It's like whatever your equity is in the house, which can grow or it can shrink, but it can grow or shrink. You, you're allowed to take that money, which is why in the beginning of this episode when I was talking about our original plan, um, so let's say we were staying in LA and we had that 210000 $210,000 of equity, instead of taking, instead of selling your house and taking that after closing costs, you can actually take out, um, we'll keep 20% in. And then I think there was like an extra $80,000 left over. You can either go and put 20% down on a $400,000 house and then go live there and rent your house out or rent that place out or add like 20 grand more to it and get a $500,000 house. But you can start building your real estate portfolio just from the equity that you've made from your current house which i thought was wild like I, that's so crazy that you can just generate money to buy more things that generate money to and that's how you build assets and welcome to my ted talk on should they don't tell you about investing 101 boom boom mic drop there it is folks so succinct so eff so effortless so yeah. articulate well how does she do it We'll never know. Doesn't jumble maybe she, anything maybe around. Maybe should do an episode on how she does it. Super easy to follow, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought so. For anyway, sure. I'm very excited to move. Um, I'm not excited about the moving process. Uh, I Oh, that part got cut out. I talked about U-Hauls earlier, but you didn't hear it because our recording device cut out. But if you're planning on moving, U-Haul trucks are not guaranteed to you. Even if you reserve it, even if they charge your credit card, they are not guaranteed for you. And I had no idea about that. And it's because of the rental car thing. It's because of the car shortage. Oh. So uh, there's a car shortage. And usually the used car dealers get their cars from the people that are buying, uh, that lease their cars. And then they get, you know, they get those cars. But there's less cars. So then since the, the car dealerships have less cards, then the rental car people have less cards. And so there's no rental cars. So then people are just renting U-Hauls to just drive around cities. Yes. Anyway. And people are using U-Hauls to leave California. But then a lot of people aren't. Coming back into California. Yeah, the one-way U-Hauls are are very scarce. So the U-Haul lady told Nikki that, um, that so many people are leaving California that our, our our truck isn't guaranteed, and that we might have to drive 300 miles to pick up a, a car, a truck on moving day. So there you go. Which they don't tell you on the website. They just tell you it's reserved. You might have we to leave the, the state to go get, <laughs> get your U-Haul so that you can leave the state ridiculous right now anyway so. good luck out there to anyone moving buying or selling a house i i wish you the best uh, we got very very lucky it does not does not go unnoticed that we got unlucky with how smooth our our process went i was the whole time i'm just filled with anxiety because anything could go wrong like the sellers could back out i mean the buyers could back out our other sellers could back out anyone could find something something could happen at any moment and you just never know. And it was very scary because your fate is in so many other people's hands. What it really is is seller's market right now. I yeah. think that, that helped us a lot. True. 
because we basically set the terms. Yeah, you you get to set the terms right now. That's another reason to buy right now. Oh, another be- reason to buy right now is that mortgage interest rates are at a historic low. So even though you're buying a more expensive house, your monthly payment is about the same. And more of it is now going to your principal than to the interest because the interest rate is way lower. So, you know, before, uh, like if we read Dave Ramsey's books, he talks about how over the 30 year period of time, you're basically paying double for your house because of the interest rates. But because they're so low right now, you're not paying anywhere close to double over the 30 year term. What could go wrong? Yeah, exactly. So there you go, everybody. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for listening to shit they nothing, don't tell you. Nothing can go wrong. That's right. That's some shit they don't tell you. Um, also, check us out on Patreon. We have a Patreon. Eh? Patreon.com slash sticky. Steve does Crypto Corner, which he goes over everyone's crypto questions every single week on like a three-hour live stream. And uh, we also do a live a, a monthly live stream, the two of us, where we play games. Sometimes we do poker tournaments. It's a really fun time. We also do a show called Shit They Don't Tell You After Dark, where we, we do a bonus episode. Talk personally about what's going on in our lives. It's very intimate and very sexy. Yes. And very sexual. <laughs> and, and Steve shows his dick every time. That's right. So, so check that out. That's why it's not very popular. It's not very popular. No, it's not very segment. popular. At all. Anyway. But it's there. Yeah. Patreon.com slash sticky. There it is. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.